Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. guys, I'm so excited and honored to introduce to you Dr. Dustin MacGyver. We sat down and had quite the amazing conversation and I'm just really excited for you to listen, for you to take notes, for you to feel all the feels that comes from this conversation. Dr. MacGyver is a husband, father, and an artful chiropractor at Northside Chiropractic in Grand Rapids, Michigan. After obtaining his degree in biomedical science at Grand Valley State University, he moved to Atlanta, Georgia to attend Life University where he earned his doctorate in chiropractic. Dr. MacGyver is passionate about the advancement of the chiropractic profession and furthering the art of the adjustment. And I will just add, he is passionate about all things health and you will feel that very much so in this episode. He trains extensively with Cairo's training culture one of the leading groups within the profession to advance the level of artistry and competency of the chiropractor. Every patient deserves the best, and it is important to always be training to be able to deliver the best. His knowledge of the body and the role of interference plays in the system has given him an unusual perspective on health that he shares with all of his patients. It's time to dive in and get to the root of the problems and feel empowered that your body is a self-maintaining, self-healing organism that is capable of amazing things. Dr. MacGyver wants, wants to help every patient realize this greatness and become the best version of themselves, vibrating and resonating at a frequency that will change the world. So with that, enjoy the episode, enjoy the conversation, and if you want to learn and connect more, with Dr. MacGyver. His link is in the show notes. All right, guys, take care. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. I am so excited for today's guest. Welcome to the show, Dr. Dustin MacGyver. It is such an honor to have you with us today. Thank you very much for having me. Ah, oh, I like, no, I just, I'm already buzzing inside because I know the places that we can go together. And so I just can't even wait to see what happens during our conversation. But I want to start us off, you know, everybody already has your your beautiful, polished and wow factor bio. And I would just like to kind of start us off and just ask, like, who are you today? How, who are you? Who am I today? Um, I am a husband. Mm-hmm. I am a father and I'm a chiropractor. And I always say it in that order. I'm a husband first. I met my beautiful wife. We were in high school, actually. And since she's way smarter than I am, 
<laughs> I was in 11th grade and she was in 10th and she sat in front of me in math class because she's smarter than me. And the very first thing she ever did was turn around and take my paper and turn it in for me. So that is how I met her. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage this last uh, June. So I'm a husband first. I would be nothing without her. And then a father second. I have my two beautiful girls, Tatum, who just turned seven, and Lachlan, who is four. And then behind that, I am a chiropractor. So chiropractor is not who I am. It is what I do. I'm a father and a husband first. But I am a chiropractor. I have been practicing chiropractic now and evolving my craft over the last seven years. Currently at Northside Chiropractic, which is north of downtown Grand Rapids, my first office. I was there just under five years, and that was in Ionia, Michigan. And I sold that just under five years and relocated and opened up a new practice, Northside, here in Grand Rapids. So that is kind of who I am today in the year 2021. Ooh, it's 111 right now. And I was just about to say, there is just something so ridiculously awesome about your family. Um, having been in the same room with all of you, you have this collective vibe <laughs> that you walk in with. And it is just, it is one of those experiences where I'm like, these people walk their talk. And yes. I love that about you guys. Um, and I love, I love how you said that intro too. So, Thank you. Yeah, we got a good vibration going. I like it. And it's <laughs> it's health by choice, not by chance. Nothing pisses yeah. me off more than when people are like, oh, look at your beautiful, healthy family. And then they go, you're so lucky. Mm. Uh, it makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. It's not. Of, of course, I'm sure some luck was in there at some points, but we spend a lot of time working and researching. And I say we. Let's be real. My wife spends a lot of time researching and planning and, you know, following so many of your protocols. I mean, we got the the dehydrator going. We're soaking everything and the nuts and the yeah, this has got to be there for 12 hours. And we take this and we got to peel this thing off of this. And like, but we've been, you know, dipped in the chiropractic philosophy and lifestyle over the past. You know, I've been a chiropractor for seven years, but you know, it's four years of school. And we really got dipped into that lifestyle and realized like, oh, wow, this this rabbit hole goes very, very deep. You know, chiropractic profession attracts a lot of health minded people. So even when I first got into school, there there was so many things that I got introduced to uh, how even just going to Whole Foods for the first time down in Atlanta, Georgia was like, wow, I didn't know this place existed. Like This is this is really cool. And just so many things that I didn't even know that you could buy and then all the health benefits. And so we started that journey before we started having kids. And then when we had kids, we were able to uh, just kind of lean into that even more. My wife did two home births, um, no drugs, no nothing. My kids don't even know what a hospital is. They, you know, so many of their friends have the ear infections and the ER trips and, uh, and my kids have done none of that. And yeah. what we always hear is just like, Oh, well, yeah, you're lucky. And it pisses me off. I'll be honest. Yeah. It really makes me mad because we put in a lot of work to get to this level. It's not, wasn't by chance. Like there was a, a lot of things going on in order to lead our family in this direction because it's important. Those are our values and you know, that your purpose and your vision your, your purpose pushes it's, and pulls you kind of towards that vision and you got your values, which are your bumpers. So we do a lot of work and there are a lot of sacrifices that need to be made in order to have this 
happy, healthy lifestyle from the outside that looks like we're just kind of fell into it. But I promise you, we did not. We, we, like you said, we try to walk the walk as much as possible. So when I'm telling people to do things, I hope they realize that I'm right there in the trenches doing them along with you. Absolutely. And that's, again, that's what I love about you because that's what I strive for myself is to be my best client. And what does that look like for me right. if I'm to walk that walk? Um, yeah, your wife is an amazing researcher. I was half joking when I said I want to hire her as my researcher, but I know she <laughs> because like she is, she puts it together. Um, okay, well let's let's talk about chiropractic care in general. And you know, there's as you know more than me, there's so there's so many misconceptions about chiropractor. I mean, even the clients that I work with when I test them, that like, hey, this absolutely is essential to your journey that you need to, you know, partner with a chiropractor. There's a lot of fear around that. There's a lot of just, yeah, just in general misconceptions. So tell yeah, us your, your definition of this work and who you are in this work. Yeah. Um, chiropractic is a science. It's a philosophy and it's an art. That's what BJ Palmer developed it to be uh, BJ Palmer, the developer of the profession, his father, DD Palmer, was the founder, but then BJ really took it and ran with it. And BJ wrote constantly. They're called the Green Books. And unfortunately, a lot of chiropractors have never read a single one of them. But BJ Palmer wrote constantly. So we have all of this philosophy to lean on. And when you read it, it's it's a difficult read. Um, a lot of capital words. It just kind of feels like he's yelling at you the entire time, which he basically was. But brilliant work when you really get into it. But most people, their definition of chiropractic is neck pain, back pain, and headache. That's that's all they think that chiropractic is, which is why my consultation, my day one in my office is designed the way that it is. It's because I need to explain that it is so much more than that because the saddest thing is people drive by my office every single day with something I potentially could help them with, and they no longer even know that I'm an option because chiropractic has devolved into neck pain, back pain, headache, because that's a very easy conversation to have with people because nobody wants to be in pain. Mm -hmm. So if you already show up, you don't want to be in pain anymore. That's a very simple conversation to have with you. I can help you get out of pain. There's no argument there. There's no disbelief. We just kind of get going. But, you know, a mom could drive by my office and go like, oh, chiropractor. Well, my son has bedwetting. They don't even know I'm an option. Like my best mm -hmm. friend is a chiropractor today because he wet the bed up until college. Somebody told him to go see an upper cervical chiropractor. And he said, why in the world would I do that? Like, this is bedwetting. This is not. And he just mm -hmm. said, oh, like, I heard it can help. Like, just go try it. So he went, he got adjusted and it has never happened again. And he left his college and he went to chiropractic school after that, which is where I met him. And he was pissed. He's like, why mm -hmm. didn't I know about this when I was 10, 11, 12. I didn't go to slumber parties. I didn't go to sleepovers because I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I'd wet the bed at night. And he's like, I didn't know anything about this. And the fact of the matter is, is because chiropractors have gotten lazy and they don't talk about it. They want to have the comp, the easy, comfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge disservice to the people of your community. So I tried to talk as little as possible about neck pain, back pain, and headache in my office because people already understand that. I want to dive into more of the functionality of it and what chiropractic was founded upon, which is your body is a self-maintaining, self-healing organism. And if we can remove interference that prevents that pathway from working as efficiently as possible, amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm. That's that's to me the definition of chiropractic. Remove interference and to be completely honest, get the hell out of its way so that the innate intelligence within that system can thrive. You know, mm -hmm. your body made every single thing inside of you. 
it knows how to maintain, it knows how to regulate, it knows how to heal. We just got to make sure that there's no interference within that pathway, preventing it from working as efficiently as possible. Mm, I love that. And where you got to go with that then? Because we can go even further. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So... In chiropractic, we call it a subluxation. So a subluxation is when bones get out of their proper position and then they get fixated within that bad position. So the first two components of a subluxation are physical in nature, you know, the misalignment and the fixation. So muscle spasms and aches and pains and lack of range of motion. But those physical components will then lead to the neurological components. Your spine, well, your body hates the fact that its spine doesn't move appropriately. So your spine, your brain and your spinal cord, your central nervous system. So your body says that's really important. I need to put bone all the way around that. I have a skull. I have all the individual bones of my back, but they're individual bones. They should always be moving like the individuals that they are. So in your neck, you have seven bones, your cervical spine. So number four, number five should always be moving like four and five. Every time you turn, bend, twist your head, four and five are moving like four and five. If four and five get out of place, lock up and start to move more like a 45, yes, that's going to cause muscle spasms and aches and pains and lack of range of motion. But your your system gets really stressed about that. We don't have proper movement of the joints of the spine. That's very, very stressful. We're supposed to be protecting the spinal cord and now we're locked up and we're not even moving right. Stress, but not stress at work, not stress in a traffic jam. So your internal stress response is called the sympathetics maybe better known as the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So if you're out in the woods and a bear shows up, like, yeah, you want that fight or flight through the roof. It's go time, run fight. But when the bear goes away and you calm down, your neurology should be able to bounce back out. What a subluxation does is it kicks on those sympathetic tones, but then it just stays there. So now your system is living in a chronic state of stress mode. So Mm -hmm. whether it's epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, 24 seven are just kind of go drip, drip, drip into the system. And systems, whether it be the digestive, the respiratory, lymphatic, reproductive, endocrine, whatever we're talking about, systems cannot thrive efficiently in a chronic state of stress. They like balance. They like ease, which means over time they don't work appropriately. They start to malfunction. And if they malfunction over time, they start working in the way that we call symptomatology. And of course, you live in a world where you can run to Rite Aid, swallow a pill, and chemically alter how you are experiencing those symptoms. But it didn't answer the question, why is it there in the first place? Mm -hmm. You're not experiencing symptoms because of a lack of a drug. You're experiencing symptoms because of a lack of an adaptability within the system or a lack of function. So what we want to do is remove whatever interference is preventing that. So if I can get 445 back to moving like four and five, I'm going to bring down those sympathetic tones in every system even a digestive system, even though the nerves between four and five aren't necessarily going directly to the gut, you will still bring down sympathetic tones and benefit the system as a whole by making sure that the spinal column is moving as appropriately as possible. That's a quick version. Mm-hmm. Want to go on a long version or you want to keep it quick? <laughs> I think it's just so, like, this is such a great follow-up on the podcast that um, is being is being released today. It's like the perfect conversation because again, we're living in times where people are in this dominant state and it's impacting, it's having a cascade effect on their entire system and their entire health, their longevity, how they age, how they digest, how they're able to 
um, conceive, like all the things. And here we're talking about chiropractic care as part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no chiropractic adjustment has ever healed a thing. Chiropractic mm-hmm. adjustments remove interference from the system. The human body heals the human body. That's it. Yeah. And yes. I, I will... I will argue with any chiropractor to the death that thinks that they have this magic touch and they're healing people. No, you're removing interference. The human body is healing the human body. Get your ego out of the way. That's what's happening. But to the point, you know, just the work, I mean, we need to do a whole class on this when it's time. Um, But just have, I really do believe that the work that you offered with my kiddo was the missing piece because there was so much work that we were doing. But then when you, when you did your part to remove, remove that interference, it's like all the work that I was doing now had this, inc- like it was, it was working at hyperspeed. Right. It's you know? now put onto a system that's in the best possible state of balance to really receive it and just do wonders with it. Yes. It so was- I, I, I use the example, like the best supplement in the world, the best organic food, whatever. If your small intestines can only absorb at 60%, you're only getting 60% of the benefit of the best supplement, the best organic food in the world. Like health has to take place first from above, down, inside out. We live in a very external world. Like there's got to be some magic berry blend, some elixir. It's got to be a pill on an infomercial at 3 a.m. And I just haven't seen it yet. Like we're very, very external. And all of those external things are potentially amazing, like organic foods and supplements. They're amazing things, but they need to be put into a system that's in a best state of balance in order to receive them and do something productive with it. Because if your system's stuck in a bad pattern, you're only going to get a little bit of the benefit of it. You're not going to get what you possibly could. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is, you know, we, I'm sure we've talked about this before. It's just our kids, the, our clients, I mean, there's so much lessons and gifts back in the stories. And now having gone through what I've gone through with my son, it's like, I can instantly recognize, you know, birth trauma out of the gate. I can instantly recognize kiddo who is stuck in this place. And I wouldn't have had that had I not gone through what I, what I went, what I went through. Um, But what are the things that you're seeing when you're just like, it's like, you know, it's right in front of you where they are, but they can't see it. So like, what are those signs that you see? Yeah. So for me, when when I started my journey in chiropractic, I started off as an upper cervical practitioner. Upper cervical just means your main focus is on the top of the neck. And I still do look at every single case through the lens of upper cervical. It's just, I don't serve a technique. I serve patients. So I'm not very rigid in my upper cervical protocols. And some upper cervical docs might be mad at me for that, but that's fine. I don't serve you. I serve patients, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, the reason for the upper cervical work and upper cervical is fantastic because the upper cervical spine is where your brainstem sits. So your sympathetic and your parasympathetic is a part of your autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is everything that you don't think about. You don't have to think about the blood moving around and digesting food and oxygenation at the lungs. It just works, which is why we named it the autonomic nervous system, because we thought it just it automatically exists. Therefore, it is type of a deal. Then we later find out, nope, it's your brainstem. And the brainstem controls that entire thing. And the brainstem sits at the base of your skull, basically at the level of the top two bones of the neck. And the top two bones of the neck are called the atlas and the axis. So C1 and C2. So in Greek mythology, that giant statue that's got the world on his back, his name is Atlas. So that's why your bone is named Atlas, because it's holding up your world, which is your brain. 
and then axis C2 because your atlas pivots around the axis. So that's where brainstem sits. And brainstem controls the systems, whether it's the digestive or the respiratory or the lymphatic. So you don't have any disc between one and two. So all the discs of your spine, those don't start until between two and three. And then two and three is when the little bony locks called the facet joints start to take place. There is nothing between number one and number two. Really, that top bone is free floating between your head and the rest of your spine. It's just held together by muscles and ligaments. So that's why you can turn your head from side to side. You have really, really good range of motion. But if you give up a lot of stability for that mobility. So the birthing process can be very, very rough on little ones, whether it's a long labor, uh, C-section, natural birth, doesn't really matter. The birthing process can be rough, especially if there's any help, quote unquote, during the delivery process. I used to show a video in my perfect storm talks of a C-section and it's you know, they use the, the vacuum to get the baby's head out and then it's two hands underneath the head and it's a, a hard right, a hard left, and then they pull the baby up. So that's going to go down on the charts as a normal delivery, but that baby was essentially being held by its head, its entire body weight pulling down and the doctor just did right, left and up, which completely can stretch out all of those muscles and ligaments within the top part of the neck, making it so that top bone gets out of place right from the get go. So now there's tension at the brainstem. And the body is going to try to adapt around that. So on the chart, it goes down as normal, but this can be a very colicky baby. And then they grow out of that. And then we might have ear infections and then they grow out of that. And then maybe bedwetting grow out of that. Now we're in school, behavioral problems. They want to put them on Ritalin. And I always mm -hmm. say kids don't grow out of stuff. They just grow into the next phase of that stuck pattern. It's mm -hmm. the same thing, just rearing its ugly head, the older that the kid gets. So the upper cervical spine has to be looked at first above anything else, because, you know, even a 40 year old with low back pain, you can't assume that it's truly a low back problem unless you analyze the entire system to find out what is actually going on, because the area that is screaming the loudest may or may not be the actual true bad guy within the situation. So if your body knows that it has a problem at the very top part of the neck and, you know, if you could see me, we would do like an over-exaggeration. My head is kind of tilt to the side. So if I was tilting my head to the side, that's representing a top bone out of place, all locked up and jammed. If your body can't correct it there, it will gladly take its right shoulder and just depress it to try to get the eyes back to the horizon. It's called the writing reflex. Your eyes always want to be level with the horizon. So if I can't achieve that at the top part of the neck, I just move further down the system and I compensate to do that. But now you can't have your shoulders on level. So now your mid back is going to try to balance that out, which means a hip can raise, a low back can shift, knees, ankles. Everybody will move to try to get the boss as happy as possible. And the body is obviously smart enough to recognize it's not a good position that it moves some of those things to. But we're playing triage at this point. At the end of the day, you're a shoulder, you're a low back. You're not as valuable as what controls every single system within the body. So I'm going to move you around. But then that patient comes in and they're like, oh, my low back is killing me. And they can point right at it. I could adjust that area three times a week forever. I will calm it down. I can spackle the drywall and temporarily fix it, but it'll always just keep on coming back because I never figured out why that low back was hurt in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was only in that bad position because something further up more valuable kept forcing it to be in that position. So I always say it's an ecosystem. This is not a machine. You can't look at it as like pretty sure I just need to be adjusted once or twice in my low back and I'll do it. Maybe, or that low back is just, the culmination of months or years of an adaptive process 
the body's very, very good at compensating until it runs out of room to compensate. So the person that, you know, I just picked up a sock off the ground and my low back gave out. It wasn't picking that sock up. It was months to years of that low back shifting, 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 shifting. And then it finally has nowhere to go. And the Jenga tower just falls. So you got to look at the system as a whole. And then when it comes to little kids, they're, you know, this is following the work of Dr. Tony Evil, who's got a whole pediatric program going out there that I would encourage anybody that is looking for pediatric in any state that you may, may be in. If you want to get your kiddo under care, Dr. Tony Evil's got a whole database and he's cranking out some really, really good, fantastic chiropractors to be able to help you out. So I can get you in contact with that if you need it. But there are kiddos that get stuck in these sympathetic dominant patterns. And he's basically, we, we don't want to label more kids. I got enough labels and letters calling mm-hmm. them whatever, you know, all this stuff. So we don't need more labels on them, but he basically has three categories. He's got his raging bull, his drunken bull, and then a mixture within the two. So it's a bull, like bull in a China chop type of a thing because mm-hmm. the sympathetics are running nuts. So a raging bull is sympathetic overdrive. This kiddo is just stuck. Like this is the type of kiddo that won't even sit still enough to do an actual exam on. They're just kind of bouncing off the walls. The longer that goes on though, you can slip into a drunken bull pattern, which is the system is so exhausted from living in this state of sympathetic dominance for so long that the batteries are just completely drained. So it's still sympathetics. It's just the system has no resources left, which can be a huge problem because a lot of the maintaining, regulating, and healing is more of a parasympathetic process, which those resources are going to be required and needed for to do all of those things. So I do a complete nervous system scan. It's called an insight subluxation nervous system scan. So we're going to do heart rate variability. We're going to do thermography. We're going to do EMG to look past, hey, what are you feeling? Because that's great information to have, but it's subjective. You can only tell me what's going on through the lens of your educated mind, which is good information. I need that information, but I need to see what's going on under the hood of the car. You can't tell me how balanced your autonomic nervous system is. You can't tell me if the left side of your spine is asking for 30% or 130% more energy. So you want some objective analysis to then put together with your subjective to have a much better understanding as to how you need to move forward. Because especially in the world of pediatrics, I mean, I do this with everybody, a young child up to anybody, 40, 50 years old, they're going to get this scan because it's really going to pinpoint exactly what I need to do and how to intelligently unravel their system. Because it's very rarely, it's just like, ah, my low back is kind of hurting and I just need it adjusted once or twice. Very, very rarely. And how do you intelligently unravel a system? Because some people are going to respond better with a lot in the beginning. Some people are going to respond a little bit better with a little bit less in the beginning and then building our way up. And it's all based off of the scans and looking to see what is this nervous system doing? What kind of a pattern is it stuck in? And how do we intelligently unravel that to achieve balance within the system? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I just threw I- a lot at you. No, I love that so much. Um, I mean, it, you know, of course, when you're everybody who's listening right now, right, all of us in our own minds are applying this to our lives. And as you're talking about the raging bull, you know, I imagine I I said from the very beginning, my son came out swinging, like literally swinging. And then I don't know if you remember, but I sure do that first assessment at your office where he was the raging bull, you know, and he, the drunken bull, sorry, the drunken bull. And remember him tearing underneath your desk in and out of things like crawling <laughs> on the floor. I'm like, 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 can you imagine him doing that now? He would not do that. Yeah. Yeah. I almost forgot about that because yeah, it's so yeah. foreign to how he is now. Yeah. Yes. He's still in his body now. Like that would not happen, but 
he, this description, I mean, is so brilliant because it's literally what I lived. And there's so many parents out there in this place where they're like, what is going on? Like, is it me? Is it the food? Is it the, is it, and and I'm sure all those things add up, but this was key for us. This, this was the missing piece that I, you know, I, I was working with a chiropractor you know, every once a month, every six weeks, it just never even occurred to me. So it wasn't even on my radar that this would be part of the journey because (laughs) I'd been doing it, you know? Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I will say like, because when people ask me like, what would you look for if you were going to a chiropractor for you? I will always say, A, there has to be some kind of an objective analysis. Like just like, Hey, how are you feeling today? Like, all right, cool. Let's get down on this table and let's adjust it a couple of times and see how it goes. Don't do that. Like I would never go to a personal trainer and be like, all right, here are my goals. I want to be able to, I want to look like this and be able to lift this. And they just pointed at the bench press and we're like, all right, let's do this a couple of times. It'd be like, well, how many times are we ever going to increase the weight? Like two days a week, three days. Like I need, I need a game plan. So first of all, when people are like, Hey, can I come in just once or twice? Or are you going to set me up on a plan? Like I proudly say, I'm going to set you up on a plan because it works. Yes. And when people get mad at me, they're like, well, you won't just adjust me once. And I can like, no, because you're going to hate that adjustment because I am unraveling your system. And if I don't get another opportunity to help this system unravel, you might feel good right when you leave after the first adjustment, but it's just going to wake something else up that I knew was going to happen, but I don't have a chance to actually help you unravel that. So we might as well not even get started unless we're going to do it correctly. So that would be the first thing I would look for. The second thing is if the chiropractic adjustment takes a back seat to anything else in that office, I'm out. And mm-hmm. other chiropractors might get really mad at me for saying that, but I don't care. I'm out. You're a chiropractor. Yeah. You need to be evolving your craft daily. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that daily. You need to be practicing the adjustment uh, for continuing education, what the state requires for continuing the education on the actual adjustment is straight garbage. It's, it's watching a PowerPoint. Like it's that you're not actually required to like hands on, like let's practice this technique. Let's practice how to do this different body types, different. There there are so many things that I, I train constantly to be able to deliver a better adjustment. Like I'm always better today than I was yesterday because I'm training this constantly. As soon as you think you're good, you need to, get back in there and keep practicing even harder because your ego is now telling you that you're good and you're not. There are so many different body types. Some people are very, very earthy and you got to match that tone. Some people are more watery, more airy. You have to match that tone. You got to match tone to tone and at the angle, you know, it's a golf swing, but it's almost harder than a golf swing because you can say like, Oh, the seven iron, I swing it this way every single time. And yeah, it might be a little windy today. So I got to alter some things, but I can't say, I'm going to set up an ASLA on the left, but this person, you know, two people with the exact same listing, they're different. Their tones are different. Their vibration, their energy, you have to match it and you have to train that. So if the chiropractic adjustment is taking a backseat to anything else in the office, I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, hooking people up to tens units and the rolly chairs and whatever it may be, you can totally do that in your office, but the chiropractic adjustment needs to come first because nothing else is going to be removing interference within that system to increase and get the balance that you need it to do. Those things are fine, but that sounds more like PT to me. That sounds more like other things. If you're a chiropractor, you need to be doing chiropractic shit. And I don't know what else you're doing. Sorry. Can I swear? Uh, sorry. Absolutely. 
<laughs> you just meet me? Yes. Um, yeah. I get fired no, up when I, I like if other people talk bad about chiropractors, I get mad, but I'm allowed to talk bad about them if they're not doing it right. We need well, more chiropractors doing it right because that is better for the profession and it's better for the community. If every chiropractor was doing it right, I'd have nothing to complain about. Yes. Well, and I do think, I mean, I, there is something to be said about there's this, and we don't have to talk, spend much time on this, but I do see this all the time where it's like, well, that person was making me go three times a week. And if I go to this person, I can just go one time a week or one, right. you know, once a month or whatever. And just a testament in my own body and in my kiddo's body and what I've seen with the frequency and the intention and, and, and the, um, you know, the testing and, and really knowing where we're going and, and then seeing things shift. I mean, it's no different than when I write a program for naturopathy, it's like, it's going to do me no good. If I never see that person again, that didn't right. serve me. And it's certainly not going to serve you, but if we can keep going and peeling back the layers and stick to this and be consistent, the sky's not even your freaking limit. Right. Like, go yep. so many places. And so I, I'm getting, you know, more selective of, of who I want to work with too, because it, it's like, we, I, I'm in this too. I'm in this with you and I want us to be doing the work and I want us to be peeling back the layers and there is retracing. And I know we explained mm. that a little differently, but my gosh, if I would have stopped with Bryce midway, we could be literally back into the raging bull place because we have that multiple times. And, and it was like, Oh, Oh, we're going to, for me, I'm like, this is exciting. Cause I know we're getting somewhere, you know, but yep. for other people, there might be, you know, afraid, like it's getting worse. This isn't working. That's getting worse. I'm like, no, you're just moving through it. Like, stick Oh yeah. My, my, my favorite case that I've ever worked on, uh, was a gastroparesis case. So gastroparesis paralysis of the stomach. It took her stomach about 22 hours to move food out of it, which, you know, it should take four or five ish. Mm -hmm. So I was actually, I was over in Ionia at the time in my first practice and I was doing a uh, career day at the high school. So she was a school teacher there. So she was just trying to get students to come up and listen to me talk about what chiropractic was as like a job opportunity. So when she heard me talk about chiropractic, she, she was like, I did not think that that's what chiropractic was because I gave a version of what I've already done here because she thought neck pain, back pain, headache. So she came up to me. She's like, hey, have you ever heard of gastroparesis? I said, yeah. She goes, do you think it could help me? And the correct answer whenever somebody says that to you is, how the hell should I know? But <laughs> if I can remove interference from your system, we got a shot. So that, that was Reggie Gold. Reggie Gold's an <laughs> all-time chiropractic philosopher, and that was always his answer. How the hell should I know? But if I remove interference, the body's going to be better than what it was. So she came into my office. Um, lucky for us, she was going to U of M, and they were doing Botox injections into her stomach. And the last one didn't do anything. And their next plan of attack was to use Viagra. So mm -hmm. in their thought, if we can increase blood flow to the stomach, it might work better. And then a lot of times gastroparesis patients, they will end up having uh, either part of their stomach removed or they will actually have the vagus nerve cut right before it goes to the stomach. Because in their mind, their philosophy, it's bad information going from the brain down through the vagus nerve to the gut, not necessarily miscommunication. So again, mm -hmm. a very simple change in philosophy could yes. have all the difference, but yeah, they will oftentimes cut the vagus nerve. So luckily for us, that last doctor's appointment was the week before she met me. So she basically said, I don't think they know what they're doing because now they want to try Viagra. So she was willing to give me a shot. So we got going a lot of upper cervical work, like pretty much all upper cervical work with this individual. And I give all the credit for her. If you ever go onto my Facebook page, there's a 
I have like playlists for all my videos and there's an interview series one and you can watch her half hour interview of her just tell her story. You know, she was diagnosed at 13 and just the tubes down the throat, trying to figure out what's wrong, eating the radioactive eggs, just like all the stuff they had to do. And they were writing research papers on her at U of M just doing all this stuff. So I always say she gets all the credit because her journey, it got way worse before it got better, way worse. And most people would not have stuck that out. Most people would the immediately, once they had one symptom that was undesirable, they would have been like, I'm getting worse. I'm out of here. Her, she said, all right, this is different. Like I've had this since I was 13. I started working with her, I think, when she was 25 or 26. And she said, this is definitely not better. In fact, it's actually worse than what I usually experience, but it is so different than anything that I've experienced that something has to be going on. My body's doing something that it has never done. I got to see where this goes. So this was a woman that would eat like 12 small meals a day, like very, very specific foods. And if she deviated from it at all, it was like morning sickness on the bathroom floor. She would pay for it. And it took us about eight months, but she's gastroparesis free to this day. As, and I've, I've met her parents since then. And you know, they're like, wow, she can like eat cheeseburgers. <laughs> so like, yeah, and they're like, we've never seen her do that. Like she's just, but I didn't heal that. I removed interference. Her Atlas was incredibly stuck. We got that Atlas back to where it needed to be. Therefore, brainstem's happy. We start balancing out autonomic nervous system. Every system benefits from that, including a digestive. And yeah, we could say cranial nerves like vagus nerve is going to be a lot happier. And, but it took about eight months to heal through that. And we're gastroparesis free, but her body healed through that, but she gets all the credit because most people wouldn't have stuck that out. Most right. people we live in, we live in a world where it's like, if things are getting even slightly better, you ditch it, yeah. you ditch it and you throw it away. And most people, they will not try. Like if you have a bad medical doctor experience, you just go find a new one. In chiropractic, if you have one bad chiropractic experience, you're done with the profession completely, yes. which is why I'm so hard on chiropractors when they're not doing things, I want to say appropriately, but when they're missing opportunities to educate, when they're missing opportunities yeah. to deliver an adjustment at the right time in the right place, and they haven't been training in order to deliver that adjustment, and you spend more time trying to figure out what to say on a Facebook ad or an advertisement and less time being able to train on how to deliver the promises that you just made on that ad. You missed mm -hmm. it. And that person may never try chiropractic ever again. And chiropractic could have saved them, which is why yeah. I get pissed off at chiropractors for not doing the work. It's so, yes. I mean, I mean, that again is so aligned with my platform of helping people understand the symptoms of their body. And instead of being terrified of them, or instead of trying to make them go away as fast as possible at whatever cost. It's, it's how do we learn from this? How do we, how do we open this gift up and receive the message? And for this woman to stick with something when she had every right to believe that her body had failed her already. And the fact that she trusted the changes and she surrendered to that is really, really quite profound. Yeah. And she, she's been on a huge journey just herself. Um, hi, Kayla. If you want to listen to this, don't, don't worry, HIPAA. Kayla's totally given me permission to talk about her. Um, she's on a journey herself right now, everything health. She's trying to have a natural, natural birth right now after having two C-sections. Like she's, she's doing the damn thing. She's really, really jumped in. So I'm really, really proud of her, but I yeah, I, I mean, my, my favorite quote of BJ Palmer's is have you more faith in a spoonful of medicine or in a surgeon's knife than in the power that animates the living world? 
Mm. Like that's such a beautiful quote, and it is so true. Yeah. Like literally, the power that animates the living world—you could never reproduce it. But you think that that chemical that somebody mixed up, like that's the answer, mm-hmm. and you think yeah. that your body is so incapable of true health and true healing that you rely on a man-made whatever. And you do think that that's somehow superior, which blows my mind. I, I can't open my newsfeed right now without my mind being blown of the choices that people are making. I, I got accused on Twitter yesterday of spreading Russian propaganda because I said that the human body can naturally achieve immunity. Wow. Yeah. that That's where people are at right now. It's, and yeah, I haven't um, needed a medical doctor and or any over the counter or, you know, in these ways for my general health in years. My son has never been on antibiotics, never been on over the counters. Again, it goes back to that conversation like, this is not luck. This is the power of being on this path, the power yeah. of doing this work, the power of trusting the human human body's intelligence in supporting it, not overriding it, supporting it. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, but we're weird. I know, we're so weird. Gosh, yes. Okay, okay let's, let's talk about you as you and evolving as you. So really like the, you know, I am so into evolution and growth over a lifetime and, and really us as human beings on the spiritual, spiritual path evolving um, in the way that we show up on our mission, on our soul assignment. So how has this started to evolve for you? Like talk to me a little bit about where you are today versus maybe a year ago or, or before that. Yeah. Um, I started running. So, so when I go to do my chiropractic training, I'm doing it through Kairos training culture, which was started up by Dr. Brett Jones. and he basically, which has always been something that's really, really bugged me about the profession is you can get through school, you know, school is really dedicated on, we got to get you to pass boards because that's how schools get their money and they can't have their board passing percentages dip too low. So it's really, really focused on like, we got to get you to pass boards. We're going to teach you everything that ends in ology. And we're going to be able to make sure like book smart type shit. You can get through school kind of skating on not really adjusting a whole lot. And in the adjusting classes, you can pass them all with an A, but it's all like set up. Like, all right, so here's my contact point. Here's my segmental contact point. I would be here. My line of drive would be this, but you don't actually deliver the adjustment, which is always a problem. So when Brett was going through school, he realized like, hey, we got to evolve this. We We have to put more emphasis on the chiropractic profession because if we were, we would be cranking out some badass chiropractors, but we're so focused on just passing boards that the chiropractic adjustment is actually taking a back seat. So we started something that was called, uh, it, well, it started off as adjusting ninjas and it was more of a club, but it's now called Kairos training culture. And we get together and we basically rent out CrossFit gyms and circle up 40 tables. And it's three days of just perfecting the art you know, going over drills. Like if you watch us actually training, it looks like we're getting ready to play some sport. Like we're like get, doing football drills type of a thing. And it's just muscle memory. It's getting into that flow, being able to deliver an adjustment. Then we go over different body types. And, you know, what if something was a little bit bigger? Well, you might need to bring your elbow in. You might need to bring your elbow out. And it's just evolving the craft. And I am 
for the lack of a better word, there's something about the chiropractic adjustment that just fascinates me. Like I'm intrigued by the celebrity, if you will, of the chiropractic adjustment. And I know I'm not alone because chiropractic videos on YouTube are really, really popular. People love just watching people get adjusted and, you know, they like hearing the pops and the clicks and stuff like that. But there's just something about watching an artful chiropractor deliver and really clear out a system that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I'm trying to achieve is, you know, we always say connection over correction every single time. Like when that person goes down on the table, just putting your hands on their back and just some of the opening moves is just connecting with that person. You want your space to be a space that somebody feels like they can heal in. So they need to feel comfortable in the space. And they also definitely need to feel comfortable with the doc. So in delivering an adjustment, you you need to match tones, obviously. But when I am training to deliver a specific chiropractic adjustment, I'm just thinking about people, people that are currently in my office. I'm kind of visualizing their faces, but I'm also just trying to visualize who, who's going to be next? Like what is going to walk into my door that I'm going to go, boy, I'm glad I've been busting my ass training this off because I can help this person. Cause the worst thing for me as a chiropractor, like what makes my skin crawl and just gives me a pit in my stomach is if somebody came in and would have something very specifically that they need help with. And I realize, Oh shoot, I haven't been training enough to be able to deliver the goods on this. Like that's like my nightmare. Hmm. Like, oh no, it, like, whatever, uh, T12, like, oh shoot, I haven't been practicing my prone T12s enough. And if I don't like, that makes my skin crawl. I would hate that. Mm-hmm. So we train, we train every single day. You train how to, how to deliver different body types, different tones, different frequencies, how, how to deliver all these adjustments for the longevity of the doc so you don't hurt yourself, blow your shoulder out, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important to continue the evolution of the training and I now look at the adjustment more of like more artful than I ever have. Yes. Which has helped me so much on like, I can put my own spin on this. Like people can like, I, I have a wow counter in my office. I'm tr- every single time I adjust somebody, I'm always trying to get them to elicit like a wow. Like when they verbally say, wow, I love it. It's like my favorite thing in the world. When you adjust somebody and their eyes light up and they just go, whoa, wow. Like, <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Like, don't tell any of my patients this, but like, I would almost have that one be free. Like, payment done. Like, thank you. I love me some wows. I wish I could pay my mortgage off with those because I would accept them as currency because I love it. It feels so good to hear somebody just go, wow, because that's almost a justification of all of the training that you've done to be able to get that because it matters. And I actually keep track of them. I have a little counter up on. So if somebody says, wow, I flip the little thing over and I keep track of all my wows, which is a childish thing to do, but I enjoy it. Drop a little note to Bryce on that one. He might have to pull up a wow shirt. I need only authentic. I can tell if somebody's just trying to give me one. I'm just like, that wasn't real. I need authentic wows. No fakes. Uh, that's so funny because in my world we call them aha moments and those yeah, just yeah. are they just light me up I mean it's like holy like I get to witness this I get to see this transformation unfold um, yeah but I, I would say that when I'm in 
alignment with myself, you know, when my morning routine is on point, you know, my alarm goes off at 445 every morning, I'm down in my chair by 5am, started off with the movement, the breath work, the meditation, like when I'm in true alignment, like the adjustments just Mm. flow. Yes. Just flow. You can, you, you can serve your way out of any, anything, which is so if, I, if I'm having a bad day or if I'm having a bad week or something's on my mind, like you got to center yourself. You got to get into alignment. You got to get that morning routine, right? Because your patients don't care that you're having a rough day. Like they need you and you need to be clear for them. One of, one of the best things a chiropractor can do, honestly, is to be clear themselves. Yes. Clear themselves mentally, physically, spoke, you know, spiritually, emotionally. Because if I keep finding like, Wow, every patient was a C2 on the right today. That means I'm C2 on the right. And I'm just picking up what I have through them. Mm-hmm. Every time. If I find the same thing over and over and over, I'm realizing like, oh, that's me. That's what I actually have today. And I need to go get adjusted myself because no, not everybody was a C2. I'm C2 and I'm projecting that onto people. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I find that for me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm equally obsessed with learning and growing and and constantly have my nose in something and and looking into something. But I find that every time I uptake this advancement in myself, that I instantaneously start attracting those clients into my life. It's like the universe, like, Hey, you're ready now. The door's open and here you go. You find that? Oh yeah. I, I want to say like, I am crushing it with 29 year olds. Like every patient that comes in right now is 29. And I don't know, I guess that's just what I've been visualizing is that age range. Cause I am my ideal patient, I guess for me to the most fulfilling, fulfilled that I am. Like, of course I want to see pregnant women. I see pediatrics, but for me to, really express myself in an artistic form, the type of adjustments that I deliver. It's kind of that age range of like 25 to 35. Like that's a population that's very, very fun for the lack of a better words to adjust because they come in with so many different things, whether it's a sports injury, whether whatever it may be that you get to pull a lot of the tools out of your toolbox in order to help them. So some people I could be doing, occiput lift sometimes it's prone cervicals supine cervicals there's so many different things that you can pull out so from the artist side of it that age range is really really fun and i think that the universe has been picking up on the amount of fun that i'm having and pretty much giving me everybody right in between that age range of like 29 and 30 because my office is just filling up with that which is what i've been focusing on the last couple of months and the universe is clearly showing me that that's a good place that I need to be. So I will be in the space until I'm called to be serving a different, you know, I might get called back in order to kind of do more pediatric and the young sir, you know, I probably have six or seven pregnant women right now that we're helping through Webster's technique, but right now I'm definitely feeling compelled and drawn to helping out more of the 25 to 35 year olds. And clearly that's where I need to be because my office is really, really filling up with that age range right now. And I'm having a blast doing it. I, I will say, having watched you adjust, it is it is very, very, um, like I could get lost in that of watching you because even though you may be with somebody for a short amount of time, it's like in that moment, time stops for you. Yeah. And you are so there and you are so present and you are like, it's, it is an art. It's like you have a paintbrush in your hand and 
you are making some magic in that moment. It is really, really amazing to see. Yep. And, and every chiropractor is going to have their own different spin on that. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. dances differently. So why would you yeah. adjust the same way that I would adjust? Like it's, it's yeah. okay to allow your, your artistry, you know, BJ Palmer said it, it's a science, it's a philosophy and it's an art. So it is okay mm-hmm. to let that artfulness come out as long as it's your true authentic self. Yes. Because if, you, if you're trying to be somebody else, if you're watching me adjust and you want to try to be me, you're going to fall flat on your face. Yes. You got to be you. Your patients don't want you to be me. They want you to be you. Mm-hmm. So just out of curiosity, like of these 25 to 35 year old, um, what are, for my, truly my own curiosity, like what's bringing them in the door? I know you mentioned sports injury, but like what else is actually like where they're like, hmm, maybe I'll try chiropractic care. Like what are those like top five, six, seven concerns? I'm getting a lot of headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, upper cervical work is really, really good with headaches too. Just, I mean, when the upper cervical spine is out of place, obviously all those tiny little muscles, suboccipital triangle gets out of, out of whack. That can give you a headache. It interferes with blood flow. That can be a headache. It interferes with cerebral spinal fluid flow. That can give you a headache. So I think I attract a lot of headache patients because I have a really good track record with them. Um, a lot of people still do show up for pain. And then it is my job to kind of show them, hey, I'm trying to look past that, which is why the consultation is dedicated the way that it is. Mm-hmm. I would say for some reason, I also attract a lot of people that have never been to a chiropractor and I haven't really figured that one out yet. The amount of people that write down, I say, have you ever been to a chiropractor before? And they go, no, this is actually my first time is mm-hmm. a lot, like probably 70%. Wow. But I don't know why yet. So I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. So interesting. It's it's like the universe is like, hey, th- this person needs chiropractic, but they 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 need somebody that's not going to just be like, welcome, let's get down under the table and get going because they don't know what chiropractic is yet. And this is it's almost like I keep just getting given opportunities to educate. Mm-hmm. So I either need to figure out is it for them, the collective whole. Or is there something that I need to learn from this? I'm not really sure yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I believe believe like when people, you know, you hear like self-sabotage. It's like, why do you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, the universe keeps putting you in that position to learn something. You just haven't learned it yet. So you just keep repeating this process over and over and over. And it's going to keep happening until you learn whatever it is that you need to learn. Yeah. So you can be mad at it and frustrated at the universe and woe is me. Or you can say like, wow, thank you for all these opportunities to learn. And I'm, if you put in the work, you will. So I'm trying to figure out why am I attracting so many people that have never seen a chiropractor before? And for whatever reason, they felt compelled to come and see me. Yeah. So I'm really dialed in when it comes to my consults right now. I'm really, really focused on those people because again, they don't try chiropractors, they try chiropractic. Yeah. I, I'm curious though, of those people, how, how many of them are in a desperate state? Uh, more than half. Yeah. Because that's yeah, what's really more than half. me is I really pay attention to that, um, that desperation vibe and like really try to tune into that because, you know, the faster I can get them out of that state, 
you know, the, the faster the healing is going to go because any type of desperation is them thinking that they're back in the corner and that's simply not true. Like there's always choice. So yeah. how does that evolve? Right. And yeah, I, I would say more than half are in like a, Oh my gosh, like this low back, I don't know what happened, but over the last week it just, and then the rest of them are, I think I just need like one adjustment. I think I should be good to go. Mm. So I, I, I'm kind of like the, the, the two extremes, like yeah. something is desperately wrong and I got to kind of reel them back and just be like, Hey, we've seen this before. Like we got this versus yeah. I think I just need one. And then, you know, those are usually the scans that are the worst. It's uh-huh. like, I'm pretty sure I just need one. And they, yeah. you know, some trigger <laughs> words for me is I have a very high pain tolerance. Like I already know what the scan's going to look like when somebody says that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a little over half is just kind of like, oh no, what is going on? Like I got this thing coming up. I, I need to be able to do this and this. And then the rest of them are, it's probably nothing. It probably only needs like one or two adjustments. <laughs> and I treat both of them pretty much the same way. We got to educate them. We got to scan them. We got to show them what their neurology is doing, regardless of what the educated brain is experiencing or perceiving. We got to show them what the actual neurology is doing in the appropriate amount of ways and what we need to do to actually unravel that system and get results. Mm, yes. All right. I want to, people are obsessed with learning other people's routines. You know, it's yeah. like an obsession of like, what, so how do you, what time do you wake up and and how do you spend your day? And what yeah. Yeah. So my alarm goes off at 445. Um, I'm a huge introvert. Like, so if you ever watch my videos or you come to my office and you think I'm like this hugely extroverted person, like life at the party, I'm not. I'm hugely introverted. I'm an Enneagram nine. If we we're all at a party, you wouldn't even notice me. I would be yeah. in a corner somewhere. I so, <laughs> yep. Yep. So I get up at 4.45 every day so that I can be down in my room by about 5 a.m. to do my morning routine. And it is, you know, the the days that I get up and actually do the morning routine are always better than the days where I convince myself while my ego convinces me that Mm -hmm. I need more sleep and I just need to, you know, just hit that snooze alarm just a couple more times. The days that you get up and actually do the work are always going to be better than the days that you allowed yourself to rest more or sleep in. No, listen to your body. You can tell the difference between your body's like, Hey, I need rest. And your ego is just like, nah, you don't need to do that thing. You're fine. So listen to your body. But so part of it is, yes, I need to start my day off this way, but it's also, I get two hours just to be by myself, which unless I don't do that, I will not get. And that is huge for me. That is how I recharge my batteries. Mm -hmm. So when people are like, Hey, are you tired at the end of the day? Yeah, adjusting is very physical and I'm trying to hold space for people. So there's a lot of energy that gets drained for me, but it is the mental side of it big time. It's the mm-hmm. talking all day. It's the trying to be this upbeat, energetic, hold space for people. That's very draining to me. So I need those mornings to recharge and just be by myself. So for me, I do a series of movement, breath work, and meditation, which comes from Kairos. That's how we start every single training. So when we train on the weekends, we start at 6 a.m., and we might not even get the tables out and start adjusting until 10 because we're going to go through a series of movement. It's kind of like yoga on steroids a little bit, very specific motions for the spine and to get your body into a good position and place to deliver some of the adjustments that we need to deliver, do some of the drills. Then we're going to move into breath work, which there's multiple different versions of breath work. A lot of it is Wim Hof based, um, a lot of breath holds, 33 breaths, um, some of them are very dynamic movement breath work. Uh, 
which I won't get into, but, and then followed by meditation and, you know, all sorts of different meditation practices that we do. So I do a version of that every single morning to just kind of set myself up. And then I will do the making of Facebook ad video, checking the emails, whatever else it is I need Mm -hmm. to do kind of just for the specific aspect of whatever that day was going to be. But I try to start my day off and that's seven days a week. I don't sleep in on the weekends. It's seven days a week, Monday to Monday, wake up 445 in the room by five movement, breath work, meditation. And then I usually do some form of a meditation breath work in the evening as well. Um, I'm very into frequencies right now. Mm-hmm. Frequencies and tones, though, that is my if I had to say a favorite thing that I'm into right now is after I do my breath work is putting on a specific frequency while I meditate. And it has really expanded my mind a bit more with the level of depth of concentration that I can get into. So the frequency is not, not, not a newer thing, but a more consistent thing that I'm doing. And then um, I've been very intrigued by shadow work recently. Mm-hmm. And have been allowing myself to explore that realm. Mm. But just because, because you'll hear everybody like, oh, entrepreneurs, the only way to kick ass is rise and grind. Got to be up by five. Got That's shit. You don't have to do that. You need to study yourself and find out what works for you. Because some people are way more creative in the evening and they have no business being up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So my, my wife actually just sent me, uh, a picture there's a phases of the moon journal yeah 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 Yeah. so you follow along and you kind of like just almost study yourself based yeah. off of like hey what was the moon doing today and like how are you feeling and if you know a couple of months of that you're gonna go hey i was kicking ass when the moon was you know you know vertical equinox type shit or you know whatever <laughs> like i should maybe try to schedule my month to if i have a big project or i have this like i'm kind of doing it along these days or these times because you'll find out maybe the morning i'm better at doing this but the evening i'm better at doing this but you also might find out earlier on in the month is when i excelled more at this task whereas the end of the month might be like there's so many different So I would say study yourself. And just because it's my morning routine doesn't mean it needs to be your morning routine. You might have a better routine, but it's more of an evening, a wind down and something like that. But this whole like the morning you got, if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to kick ass, you got to be up at 5 a.m. That's not true at all. So just because I'm setting my alarm at 445 does not mean that you have to. You got to find what works for you. Well, and I love that. You know, I found that because that's exactly where we're going inside the harmonizer program is really yeah. you and knowing how you actually leverage your individual cycle to have times where you're just knocking stuff out and then times where you really move into that rest and repair. And I think the biggest thing that you're speaking to right now is you are keeping your cup full. So you have something to serve from without it yes. from you. And that is so it's so amazing to hear a of all a man telling us that a man having practices of breath work of meditation of tuning into himself who's now doing shadow work uh i mean not saying we weren't doing shadow work before but like you're in this place of like let's see it i want to know these parts of me that that are wounded and you know and i want to know when they come up and why they come up and what's triggering that to come up and what do i need to heal i mean this this is like this is what gets me so excited about having a son of doing 
this kind mm. of work with him and changing the paradigm of how boys were raised to not to just be angry, basically, like just to have the one emotion, anger, um, right. or guidance and, you know, move on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the practice of breath work, like certain breath works are more masculine or feminine. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was at a retreat in Tahoe and we did a lot of breath work in Tahoe. Um, but even just like the exhale, like a, a masculine exhale in breath work is like that forcing of the air mm-hmm. out of you. Whereas like the feminine, you know, I, I was told like you, you, even your ah, is, is too masculine. Like let it almost just fall out. Like it needs to be this more mm-hmm. feminine. Like, like e- even that was just like, Oh, like this rabbit hole, no surprise just keeps going yeah. deeper. Yes. I mean, the thing is, is you're on the path and you are evolving. I mean, at hyperspeed, right? Like you're on the path and these things are clicking in and you're having these moments and you're attracting these people into your business. And I mean, really you're magnetizing them, you know, it's, you're magnetizing these people who are just like activating that, like super geeked out. I'm so excited. I love my job. I can't believe this like is what I get to do every day. Yeah. And that is the most powerful place to be. Yep. Just 1% better every day. That's, mm-hmm. you, you don't need to be going leaps and browns. If you can just be 1% better than what you were yesterday, you're doing it. You're killing it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So anything else that you feel like you need to leave us with? Anything else that's on your mind? that I, I, I just want to always empower people to understand that their body is a self-maintaining, self-healing organism mm-hmm. and never forget that. Mm-hmm. So there, there's, you know, I'm not putting definitions on anything for you, but in chiropractic, we call it the universal intelligence there's, there's a universal intelligence that is constantly giving its characteristics to all matter, maintaining it into existence, essentially. And then living, breathing organisms have something called that innate intelligence. Your innate intelligence is not God. You could say a God gave you innate intelligence, but your innate intelligence is maintaining that being. Mm-hmm. So innate intelligence is always working 100% of the time, but its expression can be limited. Yes. That is what chiropractic is doing. It's trying to eliminate whatever is interfering with your innate intelligence to be able to express itself to its 100%. Because it's always there. It always knows what to do, but it, it can be limited as in its expression. We just need to unlock that. You know, you cut your finger, it bleeds, it scabs, it heals. You might put a Band-Aid on it, but you know that that process is going to happen. Yes. You didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to concentrate on sending the basophils and the neutrophils. You, you just know it's going to happen. So you watched it happen on your finger externally and you believe it because you've watched it happen. But for some reason, internally, you think that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You can't do it to the heart. It can't do it to the lungs, the kidney, the liver. Like I need this pill. I need this drug. And I'm not saying pills and drugs are not appropriate. We need them. That's why we came up with them for a reason. Like they are appropriate when placed in an appropriate chain of command. Their mm-hmm. appropriate use probably shouldn't be the very first and the very second thing that we do. That's where my argument would come in. Let's mm-hmm. see if we can unlock the human potential, remove interference from the system and see if the power that made the body can heal the body. If we still need drugs and surgery, good news. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. But let's start with seeing if the human body can take care of this first, because at the end of the day, it made every single thing inside of it. Let's go ahead and give that a shot. And too many people have been raised that their human bodies are essentially stupid mm-hmm. and it needs help. It's the miracle of life right when the baby comes out and then it immediately it's dumb. 
Yes. And it needs help. It needs being poked and prodded and like, no, it doesn't. Yes. The human body is a miracle right up until you're 99 years old, getting ready to die. It knows what to do. Like quit, quit thinking your body's so stupid. Couldn't agree more. Like that is that I love that so much. I mean, that's what I want for people. I want them to just be so madly in love with their body's gifts that it gives them and they, they're not afraid of them and they, they can't wait to open it and they can't wait to understand it. And, and just really just have this harmonious state with themselves. I mean, that's yeah. the same thing. I love people. It. People are scared though. I know. More so scared. Now, scared of the unknown. Scared of the shadow. They're, they're just scared. Yeah. Hmm. I am so thankful for you, this conversation today. And I mean, I feel like we just scratched the surface and there's so many more places we can go and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make that happen on the path. We'll do it again. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing, for the light that you're shining and just for, for the person that you are. I really Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely. Cheers to you for seeking truth and fiercely awakening.